Film 7 Podcast, the show that keeps you updated with the latest TV and movie news. My name is Andy and I've got here with me Jake. Hello, Andy. How you doing? I'm doing very good. This is our episode 26. 26 episodes. Yep. And you know, I was thinking the other day that if you put on our podcast on just past midnight, it would take you an entire day to listen to all our content. That's very true. Well, just over a day. Just baby. over a day. So you can just put us on and just continue your work and listen to our words of wisdom all day. Is there anything better than that? I don't think there is. No, I don't think there is. Nah, doubt it. Have you seen anything cool this week? This week, I finished Orange is the New Black. Yes. So that ended. and I'm not a watcher of the show, but my girlfriend is, and she as well watched the, the last few episodes. It ended perfectly. It concluded perfectly. This season, one was the best. After season one, this was the best season. It was really mature. All the storylines had conclusions, and I was satisfied with the ending, the way everything ended. Yeah, my girlfriend pointed out that she really liked how they brought back every character from the whole series yes. into this final season to co- to conclude all their stories. Yes. So yeah, that's really nice when they do that. Yeah, and, and, and the way it ended, it ended on a very, it, not a bit, I won't say bittersweet, but it ended in a happy way, but you'll be sad because the show is going. So at the end, there was this outro montage where they had the characters, when the director had just screamed, cut for their last scene, you know, that their farewell and all that. So we had that. We're pretty emotional because this is what, seven or eight seasons? Seven seasons. Seven seasons. So it's been seven years. We've had some very good seasons. Some seasons have just been boring and, you know, you're just full going on with emotion. But I'm just happy with this. I'm very happy with the show. You know, it's, it is what it is. If anybody has the time, I won't say it's one of the best shows on Netflix. It's what it is. But if somebody has time and all that, just give it a watch. Mm-hmm. It's a nice show. Yeah, a lot of people would rate it, though, as, like, a lot of people do say it's my favorite show. Mm. There's, a, there's a big fan base out there for it, I think. It was, it was one of the first shows I started watching on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was near the beginning of Netflix, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the first couple of shows for Netflix was um, House of Cards, Breaking Bad, and um, Orange is the New Black. So those were the shows that really pushed Netflix out, especially House of Cards mm-hmm. and Kevin Spacey. So um, Netflix owes a lot to Kevin Spacey. Oh, yeah, 100%. And David Fincher as well. Yeah, they were the ones that, yes, exactly. They were the ones that brought out that concept. Because I remember when it came out, everybody was like, you release 10 episodes all at once. And Spacey was saying, yes, this is the future. And every back then, everybody was looking at him like, nah, this ain't going to happen. And look at it now. So it's really nice. But, no, it's it's a good show. I like it. It's and it, Sorry, I know we're going on about it, but... It's um they touch on so many topics. They do it in such a respectful way. They don't trivialize the challenges that people are going in, even though it's a comedy and there is there's some comedic bits about it, but the issues that they are tackling, they do it in a very mature way. And and I know they it was this season is I mean they've done that in throughout the entire course of the series, but this season and I believe season five, six when the home, um, yeah, they, they, they really, whenever there is an issue to tackle, and they tackled a lot of issues from immigration to racism to um, abuse of power, abuse of power to reoffending, how, how people in incarceration, when they come out, the challenges they face trying to adjust to normal life, you know, that what that takes, you know. And they tell it from the perspective of the prisoner, not from the perspective of the public looking at an ex-con. It's what the ex-con is feeling, the challenges, you know, how they, you know, they miss prison and sometimes they wish they could go back. So it's a really mature story, even though there's a lot of comedy and you find yourself laughing and it's very sexy because it's women's show and it's very, when they go into their sex scenes, it's very in there yeah. in your face and all that but so co- in conclusion I, I i would give i know this is not a review and we didn't plan for this but in conclusion i'd give this final season an eight over ten and the entire series of um of um, orange is the new black i'd probably give it a 7.5 over 10 yeah it's a very good score it's for a good an overall show. Se- season yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's really good i've also been on netflix uh this past week and i can't believe like very t- recently i don't do as binging as much mm. But I started watching Dark on Netflix. 
Have yeah, you seen it? I have seen it. I haven't seen the new season, but I've seen it. So I pressed play on, on episode one. Mm. Next thing I knew, six hours later, yeah. I was like, whoa, I didn't even look at my phone. Yeah. This show is amazing. <laughs> I can't believe what I'm watching with this show. Yeah. Like, it's another level. Mm-hmm. I had the same experience as you. I was, um, it was on a Sunday. I had gone out on a Saturday. I was, I had a hangover. I didn't want to see, talk to anybody. I was just in bed and I was just scrolling through Netflix and I was like dark and I just put it on and I was hooked. I stayed in bed all day watching it. It's intense. It is. It's for a lack of a better term, very dark show. Like there's no joy in the show at all the concept of time travel and the way they do it in the show is unique, unlike anything I've ever seen before. The fact, uh, it's, it's a German show as well. I have, to, I have to point out it is a German show. Uh, you can watch it dubbed. I'm not a dubbed guy. I like to watch it in the original language it was done with subtitles because I feel as if you get the actual uh, expression from the actors. You know, even if I can't understand what I'm saying, I can hear the emotion mm. coming out of the dialogue they're saying. Speaking of which, the dialogue is so good. This show is is thoughtful. It's complex. It's weird at times as well, but it is actually, I would say, one of the best shows I have ever seen. And I can't wait to watch season two now. I finished season one, mm-hmm. and it left me with a, like a, oh what. <laughs> And uh, yeah, this is, it's so good. Yeah, what I'm going to do, I, I haven't seen season two. Before I watch season two, I'm going to rewatch the entire season one. Because and, and I, I keep saying it on the show, anything that has to do with time travel, it's a very hard story to tell. So, and you, you miss Most one, of the time, they don't do it well. They don't do it well. It's a very hard thing to do. They don't do it well. Even w- when they assemble the best writers and the best directors and the best everything, they still can't... Um, it's a, but these guys... They did it very well. And I get it. It makes sense. If, yeah, if time travel was a thing... The way they explain they would, it. Exactly. It makes sense. So it's really good. So because of how time travel is i will need to watch the entire thing and just then follow on season two but i agree with you it's a very good series and the thing is even though they're dealing with time travel it's nothing outrageous or sci-fi you know obviously there's it's sci-fi but it's nothing like a spectacle or anything like that Mm -hmm. but the cinematography is gorgeous like for a netflix show to have cinematography like this i was just there's like long scenes where they're just mapping through the landscapes of Germany. I'm just thralled by this. I'm like, this is so good. And the music. I, as soon as I finished that season one, I got on Apple Music and I uh, got the, the soundtrack. Oh, yeah? Okay. It's so good. And I just can't stop listening to it because, again, it's so dark and eerie and atmospheric. But it's it's gorgeous. Everything about this show I love. If season two is anything as good as season one, it's going to be a contention for our 2019 film seven awards because it came out this year, season two. Yeah, yeah, it did. It, it's, it's, I think it will be, but fingers crossed because, you know, this time travel thing again, it's a very, very hard story to tell. Very hard. Very few people knock it. Like, these guys did it very well. Endgame, yes. they explained it very well. They did it, but Flash on CW. They kind of do it quite well as a concept, the way they are going about their own time travel and speed because he can move faster than the speed of time. Therefore, it, I, I get it. But um, no, I agree with you. Dark is one to watch and I'm going to watch it. And um, yeah, I agree. We should probably write it down. This is one for the awards. 100%. Right. So there's two seasons for you guys to check out on Netflix. The whole se- season of Orange is the New Black. Yeah and two seasons of Dark on Netflix right now. So, indeed, with that, let's kick off into the main show. And the first segment is the movie and TV news. Well, gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. The first bit of news that we have is director Andy Muschietti from IT Chapter 2 confirms a monster-sized runtime of 2 hours and 45 minutes minutes okay it's that's a long film it's a very long runtime for a horror film that's the most surprising thing now i i'm a big i like long films i don't think ever i've encountered a horror film this long how long can you stay scared yeah like this is so it leads me to believe they're gonna look at 
a lot of psychological aspects of the of the film. I said from when we reviewed the trailer in our Comic Con um, special edition that the film has a epic scale to it. It seemed quite epic and big. Uh, so in that sense, this runtime seems to make sense. However, it's surprising that it's this long for a horror movie. You know, I thought the first one, uh, It Chapter One, was quite long at two hours and 15 minutes. I thought, whoa, we're in for a, a scare here. So this one's half an hour longer. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I thought, you know, because how much adrenaline can your body release? You know, can it take, you know? So a, a horror film with an extended runtime, I... I I can't see it. I can understand action and sci-fi because there's so many colors and all of that. But horror, well, the theme is just dark. You, you don't want to continue looking at that for how long did you say? Two hours and 45 minutes. Wow. That's a long one. That's a long one. I mean, obviously, you know I'm not watching it in the cinema, but you're going to have <laughs> almost as long as... Uh, almost as long as Endgame. Endgame. 45 minutes less, I guess. 15 minutes less. Endgame, was it three and a half or just three it's hours? Three hours. Three hours. Okay, yeah. But then again, like the runtime at the end of the day doesn't really mean anything because if the film's really good and the pacing and the editing is done well, you wouldn't even think it's, it goes that long. Like Endgame, I, as soon as I saw that the first time, I was like, was that three hours? Because it felt more like two for me because it, it moved so fast and the, the plot was so good. So this can be done with it. Or you could also get the reverse. It's like the movie is just too long and it's just dragging do you know what i mean let's get to where we're gonna trying to get to it all depends it's all about execution yeah exactly we'll see we'll see i'd love to know what you think when you watch it i mean i'm gonna be seeing this day one you know me i'm, I'm in for this movie but two hours we'll see we'll see that's a long one okay so who also is in it for the long haul is disney and the lion king and again it has earned one billion dollars at the box office one billion. And I think it did it in like two, three weeks or something like that. This is crazy. Disney is just, I don't know, that they're just getting so much money this year. Like, it's absolutely crazy. You I mean, you see these stats. What do you think? It's just I mean, I, I, I kind of knew Lion King would cross a billion. I think I personally we had think. Our predictions. Exactly. I personally think it will get to two billion. That'd be crazy. Yeah, actually, because this is Lion King. This is not, in my opinion, Lion King is one of the best Disney stories of the modern era. I agree. You know, so, and they've done it. I heard, I haven't seen it yet. I was supposed to go last week, but something came up, so I couldn't see it. But I heard the animation is good. And if Beyonce did the soundtrack, then it's going to be good. There is nothing wrong with the film. There is no reason. First of all, everybody who saw the first, the, the first one, obviously see this and they will take their kids and um no i don't see anything stopping this film from making two billion no yeah unless the amount of money every single movie goer put together doesn't amount to two billion but if it does i'm sure it will and the thing is at the minute it hasn't got much competition either yes there's nothing huge apart from hobbs and shaw but you're not going to go take your kids to see hobbs and shaw you're going to go take them to see The Lion King. So that's always going to be a winner, especially during summer when the kids are off school. Yeah, remember last week we when we spoke about um, Saw and we said Saw had been pushed forward? You know, maybe to this, to May? To, to summer, yeah. To yeah. summer. Maybe it's probably what they are trying to look do. They're trying to just release the film without any distractions. Mm -hmm. so strategic. Strategic um, release, yeah. But yeah, one billion, I mean... I didn't get all the stats, uh, but I think it was something like, I think this year alone, seven months in, Disney event, something like 10 billion at the box office. Wow. And this is just the box office. This is just the box office. Five billion is just MCU movies. So Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, and Spider-Man Far From Home. Both uh, Captain Marvel and Sp Far From Home both got a billion, and uh, Avengers Endgame is just shy of three billion. So that's five billion just in the MCU, and then plus all the Disney other, and they got Star Wars coming out this year. No, they're killing it. They're just—it's crazy. And Disney Plus is obviously launching this year. So. Yeah, just killing it. These guys are just killing it, and I want them to continue because, for most parts, apart from Star Wars, for most parts, I think they are doing a good job. They—they got smart people. Yes, very very business. smart people. Yeah. Okay, so the next bit of news is Jason Momoa is 
to produce and star in a new Netflix movie called Sweet Girl. The basic premise of the movie is that it's an action movie that follows a devastated husband who vows to bring justice to the people responsible for his wife's deaths while protecting the only family he has left, his daughter. Yawn. Sounds boring. Sounds boring. Oh, oh did you just say yawn? Yeah. Exactly. We say, I, I was just about to say it sounds boring. Yeah. I, I've seen this before. Exactly. Zillion times. I, uh, uh, yeah, a zillion times. One man takes on an army, kills everybody, rescues his daughter. Exactly. I mean, I like Jason Momoa. I think he's great. He's very uh, charming, very charismatic when he's on screen. But I don't. I, the story itself and what he, this, it, I don't know. There's not. I think I'll give this one a miss if that's what it just is. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested at the minute. Is it just me? But are you somehow tired of the normal action hero type of films? where it's a fit guy with muscles killing everybody and just having plot armor and all of that. You know, some of the trailers, like we'll talk about the trailers, you see the action heroes, they are not your typical action hero with all muscles and all of that. They are, you know, like the, t- the one with the taxi driver or the underdogs. These underdogs playing the hero. I-, I like that movement. I like it when I just see like normal people I can relate to being the heroes it, it just makes it brings it home and whenever you bring a story home it's going to be good you know i gotta make people relate it you have to make it relatable but i agree with you this is it sounds very boring i can already see him telling his daughter oh i love you you're the most important thing to me is this not commando all over again yeah that's what i mean it, it it's just reeks of commando rambo the punisher that sort of you know I'm going to seek revenge because somebody killed my family. Yeah. I've, I've seen it before. I've seen it before. So, yeah, I'm going to give that one a miss. Mm. And that's by Netflix as well. So, you see, Netflix can do some stinkers sometimes. sometimes. But I don't know. I haven't seen the film yet, so I can't judge quite yet. The next bit of news is Luca Quadaginio. So, the director of Call Me By Your Name and Suspiria is in talks to direct... Lord of the Flies for Warner Brothers. Now, this is after uh, a previous director was attached to do this and they wanted to revamp the story and make it all females. Apparently, that plan has been scrapped and they're bringing in Luca on board and he wants to go back to the original story and modernize it for the world today. Mm-hmm. But have you, you've read the book, haven't you? I've read the book, Lord of the Flies. It's uh, For people who don't know, uh, it is a very, very famous book about a group of teenagers who get stranded on an island and they have to sort of find their way out. And many horrible things happen along the way. Uh, Very dark things happen along the way. Yeah, very dark (laughs) things. Uh, I haven't read it in a very long time. Like I said, I think it it was in school when I read it. I had to do it for some report or something like that. Uh, But I remember seeing the original movie. Uh, I remember them showing to us in school as well and some crazy stuff (laughs) happened in that film. So it's nice to hear that a classic tale like this is getting revisited. Lucas said, I think he was wanting to take a modern take on the original story, which is, I wanted, that's what I want to see. I want to keep as much of the old while still pushing the story further. So I'm all down for it. Yeah, it's a tough act to follow. This is, this is an iconic horror piece. It's a tough, it's, it's it, it, I mean, this news is going under the radar. Nobody's talking about it. But Lord of the Flies is a part of a lot of people's childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it was their introduction to horror and all of that. So I hope he does it justice. But one thing I would say, I'm happy it's getting its movie. I'm happy. I just hope it, they do it properly. Yeah. I mean, it's got Warner Brothers behind it, so they've got the money. Yeah. Which it can be a problem. That can all, Yes, it can also be a problem but you need to find the right balance. I like uh, Luca as a director. Call Me By Your Name was a great movie. Suspiria as well. It did get some hate, but I liked it because it was weird. I haven't seen it. It's, it's good. It, obviously, it's a remake of the original Suspiria, but it's good. I really like it, so I recommend it. Uh, so if he's going to be, do- based on Suspiria, if he's going to do Lord of the Flies, I can see that. I can definitely see that. So the next bit of news is Ansel Elgort and Edgar Wright. Both of them teasing whether Baby Driver 2 is likely to happen. So uh, they've been on, you know, Ansel's promoting his new movie and they were asking him questions. Oh, you've read the script of Baby Driver 2. And he was being like very coy and ambiguous, but basically saying, yeah, I've read it. And like Edgar wants to do it. And Edgar tweeted something like, if all the chess pieces move into place, it will happen. 
Let, which brings me to a question, and maybe we'll discuss this on <clears throat> a separate podcast, but w- must there always be a sequel or a part two? Like, why can't we just have one film, it's over, let it just go. L- let, let, it, let it go, you know, and just do something else. Why is it that every film that comes out, there is always, will there be a part two? Or is there will be a sequel? Is this part of a universe? Why Why are we getting there? Is it because of the streaming thing where people are now used to watching franchises, watching sequences of a story? Is, is that the reason why? I think, I think it could be one of the reasons why, but I think it all depends, because I don't know the answer to this, I think it all depends where it comes from Edgar Wright's point of view. Now, if Edgar Wright from the beginning had a, a second one planned when he was doing the first one, that's that's on the creative person who's writing the story so they have intended at some point they're going to do a second one okay that's different i think okay you the storyteller have decided from the beginning this is where you wanted to take the story next Mm. that's fine i'm all for that if he wants to do a second one go for it what i don't like is if he only had one intended and because it, I mean, Baby Driver is a phenomenal film. I absolutely loved it. It was one of my favorite movies of 2017. Um, and I loved it because it was so fresh, because it was so original, and it was very successful. It made a lot of money. I don't want the reasons for the sequel, because it made a lot of money, the, the studios being, we need a second one now, because this one earned so much money. I don't want that. But because I don't know the answer for it, I can't judge it. But I think that's what's happening. Because you can always, you can tell the way a story ends. You can tell if it was written with a sequel in mind or it was written as a one-off. The way Baby Driver, and I give you two films, Baby Driver and Alita Battle Angel. When you think of Alita Battle Angel, you know it's going to have a sequel because of the way it ended. But you look at Baby Driver, the story ended. It's concluded, yeah. Exactly. It's sort of like what we're saying about um, Kill Bill yesterday. I'm sorry, last episode. The story ended. So any attempt to push it further will just be because you want to make money. And I think it's more they just want to milk it rather than there was a story to tell. And it's very clear, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I'd like to find out from Edgar himself. They won't tell you. Would they, what would they say? That yeah, we wanted to make money. And yeah, but the, say, the yeah. thing that surprises, me, the thing that leans me towards what that is because Ansel did say on set he had a script for Baby Driver Two when he was shooting the first one. So that I think that's that's where that's where I lean on towards. But like I said, um, am I excited they're making a second one? No, because I really like the first one and I think it should have stayed one movie. Yeah. Am I going to see the second one? Yeah. Because I like the first one so much. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, like I said, I think the story ended. Because what happened at the end of season one? The bad guys died. The good guys won. Yeah, he got out of jail. And he got and he drove off into the sunset. sunset with his girlfriend. So He got the girl and he drove... Yeah. What, what more are you going to... I don't know. I don't know. We shall see if that even happens. So the next bit of news is Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis. So they're the directors of Game Night and one of the writers of Spider-Man Homecoming. And they're in talks to direct a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Andy, what are your thoughts hearing this news? Excited because I'm a huge fan of Dungeons and Dragons. As It takes, you know, nostalgic feeling and all that. So I'm very happy about the fact that they are bringing there have been attempts in the past to bring dungeons and dragons to to screen it failed epically so this is another attempt i'm hoping it will do well i all i'm saying all i think what my only um question mark is i feel dungeons and dragons deserves a series rather than a film because it's so because of what i can see that yeah Yeah. it's it's a series how did you know that um the witcher Mm-hmm. The Witcher is a Dungeons and Dragons kind of. That's what it can be. So why? How how are you gonna pack all of that into one movie? I mm-hmm. don't get it. Unless it's really long. Yeah, and satisfy the actual Dungeons and Dragons people. I don't think you can do that in a movie. So it's interesting to see. I doubt this will. Ha- what did they say? They've already. They're just. It's just they're eyed to direct. So they're looking at them to direct the movie. Who's making the movie? 
Um, I don't know. Oh, is that indie? Possibly, culture? possibly Warner Brothers. No, it'd be a major studio. Okay. I think it, I think it's Warner Brothers. I could be completely wrong, but I think it's Warner Brothers. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree with you in the sense that I think it should be a series, and the main reason I think it should be a series, like Game of Thrones, it's a world we want to live in for a while. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Rather than just go in for two hours and, and we're out of there. Uh, you can have weekly episodes building each this complex story, have future seasons, all this great stuff. And like I, like I said, it's all about the world building, which is why you see what's happening with Amazon and Lord of the Rings. They're making a series because the world is so vast. Mm -hmm. the, tr the tricky thing, I think, with fantasy and this type of fantasy to do it on film is that because the Lord of the Rings films sets such a high bar, like a bar that's so high we can't like in film alone let alone fantasy films mm. it's very hard to compete against that now mm. unless you have i think longer form storytelling like game of thrones had it, if game of thrones was a movie i don't think it would have been as successful no it if wouldn't. it was three movies it wouldn't they wouldn't have done it yeah because of this bar set by lord of the rings keep it to series and we can see what do you think of the actual names attached to it though comedy guys Nah, nothing about it looks encouraging, to be honest. Yeah. I, li I like the names. Yeah. Because I, I thought Game Night was really good. Really, really funny. Yeah. Great, great movie. And obviously, Spider-Man Homecoming is a great movie. Yeah. Uh, has some really good dialogue in there and quips. So I have no problem with their writing. Thing is, years ago, I would have said, really, you're going to get comedy guys to do something like this? Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I would have said that a while ago. But Marvel changed that when they brought the Russo brothers, comedy guys for doing community and stuff for that, and they do Winter Soldier, and it's an action-packed thriller. That changed the game for me. Now I'm like, okay, let me see. If you're good filmmakers and you're passionate about the project, let's see, let's see what you can do. Well, I get that. Do you feel that, you, Henry, we're not directors, but like, I kind of think marvel it's easier for it's easy for not easy but you can see why marvel would want comedic writers and directors to be in this universe because the whole it's very it's a very light-hearted universe you know the whole marvel thing people are dying but you see them cracking jokes and all of that so i can see why they would they can do that with the russo brothers but um I don't know comedians to act this kind of thing to direct this kind of stuff i'm not 100 percent sold but we don't have any more details so no. i don't know we don't even know if they'll do it they're just being eyed to do it so we'll see but our conclusion is this deserves a series and not a uh, movie. yeah i yeah. think so dungeons and dragons is and i'm not a big dungeons and dragons fan i never really played the game but i know what type of thing they're gonna they're going for mm. Uh, so it, I think it deserves to be on a series. Yeah, but how are you going to do that in a film? <laughs> I don't know. It keeps in hitting. two hours. <laughs> like, okay. Exactly. Okay. So James Wan, he's returning to his horror indie roots with his new project. There's no news at all about the project, but it's been dubbed as a horror and an intense thriller. And yeah, that's pretty much all the news. For me, I'm really happy that James Wan is doing this. After coming off aquaman which was a huge success it earned over a billion dollars you would think the studios would pressure him into immediately starting a second one or doing something else big no i like that james one is like okay i've done a big blockbuster film now that's earned so much money i'm gonna take a step back and do this little project i'm happy about i'm all for it i'm mm. happy that he's doing it mm. well w more details to follow we'll see when it happens we'll see yeah if it's independent if it's indie mm, it will be out soon isn't it lower budget yeah he's well he's got he's got i reckon it'd be out next year probably mm. next year something like that and then after that he'll probably do aquaman too but you gotta let him th that's the a thing i don't like filmmakers sometimes being too attached to the same project for too long because sometimes you start to see it crumble a bit like marvel have done a very good job with like the russo brothers that each film in a way has been getting better uh, but you see it in other things that the love for it almost starts to go don't you if i think if you're attached to a project for too long yeah i think isn't that what happened with game of thrones maybe they, they got tired of it maybe. and they wanted to just go, get onto star wars so they just rounded it up 
the argument people are saying is why didn't they just hand it over to somebody else? Because, yeah, well, that's <laughs> let's not open that can of worms. Uh, so anyway, HBO Max is teaming up. Well, not teaming up. I'd say it's more like a deal with the BBC so they can stream all the BBC shows over in the US. Now, obviously, for you UK li listeners, you think, why do, why do we care about that? I think this is more laying the groundwork for what could be. So I think we might get a role reversal. I mm. think at some point when HBO Max is up and running, I think we're going to get it on BBC in UK. Okay. I, that's, what I, that's what it seems like to me. Because they're team partnering with BBC to get all the BBC shows on HBO Max mm. to be watched in America, why wouldn't it be the other way around? Because at the moment, all, all HBO shows are on Sky. Mm. On, on Sky's Yeah, but it, this difference. is HBO Max. They, okay, this is the Warner Brothers media streaming service. This is everything. It's not just HBO. This HBO is involved in it, but that's just one okay. bit of it. I, I don't know the details of it, to be honest. I can't say much more besides that. But, well, if you're in America, you can watch Doctor Who from episode one till the last one from last December. Cool. So the final bit of news from the se this segment is Jared Leto is to be playing a serial killer in a new thriller also starring Denzel Washington and Rami Malek. The film is also going to be directed by John Lee Hancock, who did The Highwaymen, and he will also be directing his own script. This ticks all the boxes for me. First of all, the performers. I mean, what what can, else can we say about Denzel? I mean, you had me at Denzel. Once you exactly. said Denzel. Once you, yeah, once you say Denzel, you, you've got me. Take my money. Then you've got Jared Leto, who mm. is phenomenal. I think he's great. I think he's very overlooked yeah. at times as well. And as a role like a serial killer, I think he plays these dark roles really well. He has the look. He's got Exactly. He's got the psycho killer look. Mm -hmm. And then you bring this up-and-coming rising star, Rami Malek. You oh, know, Rami Malek? Up-and-coming? Yeah, he is. Like, he's won an Oscar, hasn't he? Yeah, but that's but it's his, he's still really young. You know, he's got his whole future ahead of him. That's what that's what I mean. He is in a way up and coming into the A-listers. Mm. This is everything I want to see, and it's a, a thriller with a serial killer. So these guys are going to be playing detectives after this guy. Ryan Malik will be a very good detective. Have you seen? Do you watch Mr. Robot? Yes, I love Mr. Uh, Robot. When is the next season out? I think it's out later this year, been, or maybe early next year. I've been waiting for it for a year, and it's the final season. Final isn't season. It? So good, so good. Rami Malek, I'm such a big fan of the guy. So respect him a lot. Mm -hmm. Since watching lot. Mr. Robot, he's one of those actors that I'm just like, Ooh, what's he going to do next? Yeah. I want to see everything he's in now. Mm -hmm. Because he's one of those people that can play a villain and can also play a hero. Mm -hmm. Some people are stuck in the well, hero he's, world. He's going to be playing the villain in Bond. Yeah, exactly. He's a Bond, exactly. And here he's a detective, you see. And in Rhapsody, he was... Well, he was Freddy, he was Freddy yeah. you know, and so he's very diverse, very versatile, very versatile and um, love him. He's a very intelligent guy. When you watch his interviews, you hear him talk. Very intelligent man. So I'm happy. I, I'm, I mean, obviously, like we said, you had us at Denzel. So exactly, I mean, it's out. The, yeah, there's not much information apart from that. This movie will start production as soon as Malak is finished on Bond 25. That's it, really. So that is it for the news. That is the news. And, Andy, what do you think of the news? Um, to be honest, right, there is nothing really... Mm, nothing big. Yeah, nothing big that comes out. However, the next section, we have some very exciting um, films to talk about. Yes, That's what I'm do. looking forward to. And that next section is The Trailer Park. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. So yes, many, many great trailers this week in the trailer park. I actually couldn't believe watching all these trailers. I was like, man, they're all good. They're all good. And they all look like great films. Yeah. Like, I mean, guys, if you're guys listening, like this, I think this is the best um, trailer park, in my opinion, the best trailer one of park. The, one of the best ones. Yeah, because had. every film we're going to list is a classic it's gonna be great these are very very good films coming up maybe one or two yeah there is one at the end that we're a bit iffy about but, but all the others all the others are amazing so let's kick this off and it is the trailer for season two of mind hunter 
the acclaimed award-winning series from David Fincher and Netflix. I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen season one. I haven't been season one. I've been, it's one of the few, very few David Fincher projects I haven't watched because I pretty much watch everything that guy touches. Uh, but it's one that just, you know, skipped by me and uh, you, plenty of other people have been telling me, you got to watch this show, you got to watch this show. Now that this is coming out and season two is coming out, I will watch season one going into season two. You will love season one. Not like, I'm not saying you will love season one like everybody will love season one. You, Jake, you will love season one. It's very good. It's very, is, is it up my, it's my street? Yeah, it's up your street. It's your type of thing. You will love it. It's a very, it's well done. The, obviously, it's Fincher. So the well-crafted film. The storyline is very good. The, the storyline keeps going forward. They don't waste time on every time we, we learn more about the characters and their relationships and um you begin to you know a lot of concepts about crime that we take for granted now they weren't a thing in the past you know now we understand that there is something called the serial killer in the 60s there was they didn't there was no concept of a serial killer so the concept that a person just goes around killing and killing and killing it was alien to them so you see them trying to piece together these things and there's, you know, it's, it's, it's nice. It's not nice. I mean, I say it's nice to see, but you get what I mean. It's cool to see how they were trying to walk their way to get to where we are today, where um, serial killers are well profiled and it's, it's a study in itself. At the time, in fact, season one, okay, let me not spoil it, but a lot of things that we take for granted now in terms of crime and this, um, it, it it didn't exist when this film was staged. So it's going to be interesting to see for you. Okay, so you, as someone who has watched season one, yes. what did you think of the trailer and what to expect in season two? I am so excited because it looks like there's a twist. I am suspecting something. I don't want to say it because... I mean, it's David Fincher. Yeah, it's a... I think there's somewhere they are going with this, but I don't want to say it because you haven't watched it. But it looks like they are airing, they are, they are um, following the scent of a twist. They, it looks like a twist is coming somewhere. But you won't get it till you watch the first season, then watch the trailer, and yeah. you'll get what I'm saying. Is it a bingeable show or is it a take time with it. it has to be binged because there's a lot of it's psychological isn't it you know and psychological stuff you need to follow it's why i haven't watched i haven't watched legion till now because mm -hmm. it's too much it's too much you yeah. need to watch then watch it again digest digest then watch it watch the next episode because if you leave it you'll forget by the time the next episode starts you've you've forgotten what you just watched okay. so yeah well i shall be doing that uh, so Mindhunter Season 2 drops on Netflix, all episodes, August 16th. So it's only a couple of weeks away. The next trailer we have is for The Lighthouse. Uh, this is a psychological terror, some sort of movie, uh, starring William Dafoe and Robert Patterson. This movie looks great, Andy. What do you, what do you think? It's an art house movie. The aspect ratio is very... It was, it was shot as if it was shot on celluloid. It's very... The aspect ratio is not what we are used to. It's black and white. Hard shadows. Very gritty look. However, from what I the, what I saw in the trailer, the performances were, were amazing. The, um, the, I mean, what, look at what people are saying. Um, the Telegraph was cinema to make your head and soul ring. That's what the Telegraph said. And The Guardian was like... An up and I can't pronounce this word. An uproarious, uproarious, up, uproar, up, say it again. Uproarious, an uproarious, dark, dark and stormy yarn, stormy yarn, and um, utterly incredible. That's what Deadline said, and it's the New York Magazine was like, it's an instant classic, and I agree with it. I never usually quote these people, but I because I agree so much with what they are saying, I had to quote it on the show. It looks very good, and I still can't wait to watch it. It's one of those films where it's shot in one location with one or two characters, but in that there is so much. There is powerful performances to come out from that. Yeah, I think above all else, this movie is going to be about the performances from Defoe and Robert Patterson. Mm -hmm. uh, or you know, Defoe is an amazing actor. He's a legendary actor. 
And Robert Patterson, he is now proving himself. Uh, you see a lot. His indie work is outstanding. As I said in the show before, watch, um, what was it called? Good, uh, Good Rider. Okay. Good Rider. I, I think it's Good Rider or something like that. I can't remember now. Um, he is phenomenal in that. Uh, obviously, he's be- he's going to be Batman. Yeah. So all eyes are on him at the minute about what he's going to be doing. And if he's doing projects like these, I think it's going to make people more confident in his performance of being Bat and Bruce. Do you know I see this film getting an Oscar shout? I do as well. I do as well. It, it's like like you said, it's very art house. So it's not going to be for everyone. This type of film it is it's a very niche type of market. I think, like you said, the aspect ratio will put a lot of people off. I personally loved stuff like that. I love being experimental with film and also looking back to what was done before. Mm. Um, I'm a huge sucker for black and white movies as well. The contrast, I think, is beautiful. The cinematography looks awesome as well in this. So, yeah, this is two thumbs up from me. It looks gritty. It looks dark. It It's like the comment said, I, I feel as if when I come out of the cinema, my head's going to be ringing like, mm. oh, what have I just watched? Like, It's, it's going to be... An intense film. Yeah, I'm loving it. I, I just, I want to watch it. I saw the trailer and I'm like, I want to watch this. It's really good. It's called The Lighthouse. So it has William Defoe and Robert Pattinson. These are all people that no controversy around them. There's nothing stopping them from winning an Oscar, you know? So I, I smell Oscar performances here. Yeah. I sm- at, least, at least a nomination. Yeah, nomination, definitely. Yeah. If not for... What do you think he'll be nominated for? I think Best Performance. Best Performance, or yeah. Be, or Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, me too. Am I not win Best Picture? No, I don't think, because uh, it's because it's Art House. I think it's maybe a bit too out there for Best Picture. But Performances, I think it's definite. If, definite. if this was the first film that was having that aspect ratio and it was a new thing, then it may have won for Best Picture mm-hmm. because it's new. But everybody's done it, so it's not a new thing anymore. Okay, so yeah. If you wanted to catch that, that comes out October 18th. And that is, as we've always said, Oscar season. So I think it's definitely pushing for one. So the next trailer we have is from Blumhouse. And it's called The Hunt. This is Damon Lindelof's new movie. I really like this trailer. It's it's fun. Mm. It's dark. Yeah. It's action heavy as well. Uh, the basic premise of this is that you see like the 1%, the elites, where they kidnap normal people like you and me. and they go Not like me, <laughs> like you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, and they go and hunt them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this looks like a intense, gory, it's got a bit, of, it's got horror in there, it's got thriller in there, it's got action in there, and the right moments of comedy in there as well. This looks like another hit from Blumhouse to me. Yeah, I agree. This is the kind of film, th- I, I keep saying it, but this is a Tarantino type of film. Yeah, the it's way got it's, that, yeah. that's uh, black humor to it. Yeah, shock, shock value, horror. Yeah, shock value, For out of nowhere, somebody's head explodes, that kind of stuff. It's one of those kind of movies, and I like the way the trailer started. Started very innocently, the next thing you know, it just takes it to another level. But no, this is good, it's sort of like, to, um, the Predator versus the Hunter versus it's it's really nice. So they put them in this uh, Hunger Games. It's sort of like Hunger Games as yeah, well. You yeah, know? it's got a bit of that in there. Yeah, so they put the poor people in a forest and the rich people hunt them. And they give them weapons at some point and it's just this cat and mouse game between the rich people trying to hunt and I'm sure at some point the hunter will become the hunted. Mm-hmm. It always turns out that way. But I like this. It looks good. It looks like the people who are being hunted will eventually like team up together to take on the elites. Yeah, yeah. And the, the cinematography, they didn't make it dark. It had bright colors and all of uh, that. It looks so most of it is set during the day. Yeah, so it's not horror. It's just a lot of gore going to be involved. And uh, the explosions will be very real. And the gunshots will have blood and flesh, bone, bone flying all over the place. I can sort of, in a way, I can sort of predict how this movie is going to go. But at the same time, I'm still really excited to see it because it looks like a fun movie. That's what I mean. I'm not expecting anything too intense in terms of plot, but it looks like you're going to get some really fun moments with some really good characters. I'm all for it. Can I make a prediction? Remember what I said about sequels? If this film does well, there'll be a hunt too. Do you think? Yeah, this is the kind of film that 
there will be a hunt too. If they kill all the rich people in this film, maybe they'll now see their children stay doing the hunt or somebody else and stay gathering more people. So it's can this is the kind of film that can then become a cult classic. Like there's now got there'll be hunt nine where they be maybe in space. They announce fighting them in space. I can I don't think they're gonna do like nine of these, but I can I can see them do if this does well, I can see them doing a sequel. If yeah. they told you after you watched the first Fast and Furious that there will be how many are they now? Oh, we're on. I haven't seen anyone. I by think the way. we're on. They're doing the ninth one. <laughs> okay, I haven't seen. But anyone. there's been ten because Hobbs and Shaw is ten. Fast and Furious. So yeah, they told you when you saw. No, that's but very, <laughs> you yeah, have that's, ten. That's true. <laughs> that's true. We'll see though. We'll see. I don't think Blumhouse is like that. I think they might make a trilogy at most. But Blumhouse, they're a smart studio and they. They know what they're doing. They're business at the end of the day. Yes, but at the same time, I think Jason Blumhouse seems really passionate about the projects he's working on. I don't think he wants to oversaturate it just for, for the profit. Yeah. If you know what I mean. But if it's good, I would want to see a second one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll see a second one if it's good. So the next trailer is Tigers Are Not Afraid. And this is the new movie from Isa Lopez. Uh, and this is a dark fantasy horror movie. Now... Uh, the movie is in Spanish. I'm uh, not quite sure which country it takes place in. It could either be somewhere in South America or Mexico or Spain itself. No, it's not. It's definitely not Spain. No, it's it's think, South America. I think Mexico or South America. Yeah. 100. Yeah, probably not Spain. But anyway, this looks really good. Yeah. It looks beautiful. Yeah. It looks like a modern fairy tale type of story. Mm -hmm. Did you see Del Toro endorsed it? Yes, uh, Del Toro endorsed it. Neil Gaiman endorsed it. Stephen King endorsed it. Yes, it, Stephen King endorsed it. These yes, are horror giants from all mediums, film, books, comics, all those sort of things. So they know what they're talking about. Uh, so if they get their uh, seal of approval, I'm on board for this movie. Uh, like, and like everything they're saying, it looks gorgeous. Yes. Um, I don't know what the plot's really about, but I kind of like that because it's an interesting trailer that I'm intrigued to watch this movie. I don't really want to know much going into it. I just want to be surprised. So yeah, I'm sort of going in for the visuals and the dark fantasy elements because I don't think we get a lot of these type of movies anymore. Uh, sort of horror, fantasy, with a bit of innocence in there. Yeah, with a bit of... Yeah, most horrors are not... Um, they're not in reality no. if that makes sense yeah they are, they are in one universe somewhere where things happen you know but this one looks like it's real it's happening right that girl we saw in the in the trailer could be the girl we see outside it's it looked very grounded yes that's there yeah, that was the word i was looking yeah. for grounded the only thing you know i sort of know what the story is going to be about because you know they alluded to it but the only thing i'm not sure of is I don't know if we should spot. Well, they watch the trailer. I, I don't know if the mom is haunting her or helping her. That's what I'm not mm -hmm. sure of. Yeah, I'm not too sure yeah. either. But it does look good. I mean, once I saw Doctor's signature on it, I was like, I sat up and I started watching it. Mm -hmm. So anything I don't understand will be explained. So this is going to be one of. It's going to be like what's that one? The black and one one. The black and white one. The, the lighthouse. No, that won the Oscars last year. And what's it called? Oh, Roma. Roma, yes. Roma, yes. okay, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. how could... Yes, yeah. yes, Roma. Yes, Roma won Best Picture. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's based around that same, I think, that not the same storyline, but the same area, which is cool. So they make good films from that part of the world, don't they? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I th th there's a lot of creative people in, like, Mexico and South America and stuff like that. It just oh. gets overlooked a lot. It does get overlooked, yeah. That, again, we need more representation of the Latino community. yeah. I think it's damn. So many people are fighting to be seen. Damn. There's a lot. There's a lot of talent out there. That's what I mean. And this just goes to show that there's stuff to be looked at. Yeah. Uh, the movie comes out in August. No date yet, but this is going to be a Shudder movie. So I think it is going to be released in cinemas for a limited time only, and then will be put on the streaming service. Okay. Which I recently found out you can get in UK. What streaming service? Shudder. Shudder. So the okay. horror streaming oh, service. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I only see their ads on Facebook. I never mm -hmm, really mm -hmm. considered it. Uh, I'll be interesting to look out for that. I like the name of the film, though. Tigers are not afraid. I yeah. like it. There's something about that. That's name, the thing like. with the tigers as well. You see, like, the drawings on the wall yeah. of the tigers. So 
it looks interesting. That's what I mean. It, like it's got a bit of everything in yeah. there. So the next trailer we have is for the Irishman. Now, what else can we say about this uh, movie? We got De Niro, we got Scorsese, we got Pacino, we got them all back. The Goodfellas are back. Are back. Uh, this trailer is exactly what I expected it to be. And who's directing it again? Scorsese. <laughs> On Netflix. On Netflix. On Netflix. Okay. <laughs> crazy. This is absolutely crazy. This is everything I love about Scorsese movies. I'm a sucker for gangster movies. I love that whole 60s, 70s, 80s underground vibe. You know, they got the coats and the hats and the, you know, they go to the Italian restaurants and sh shootouts and mobsters. Mobsters. I love it. I eat any, everything, all of that. I think it's probably why I'm so attracted to like the character of Batman as well, because it's got a bit of that in there. Mm. Uh, so you're telling me Scorsese is coming back. He's bringing back the original Goodfellas. The original Goodfellas. It's sort of like Goodfellas 2. 2, yeah. yeah. You know? uh, and based on uh, the story of the Irishman, who is, uh, it's like a legend, isn't it? Uh, this guy who's, you, any job you want, he'll get yeah. done. I heard you paint houses. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it. I don't know what else to say really. It, all you can say is Scorsese, De Niro. And, pa and Pacino. And, and Pacino, Pacino, yeah. I mean, like like the, we've said, it's The Goodfellas all over again. And The Goodfellas was a great movie. What a movie. It's one of, it's up there. I mean, it's one of the best gangster movies. Oh, yes. That one, Untouchables. Have you seen Untouchables? Yes. The Departed. Yeah. Then Godfather. Those were like... Oh, God, yeah. Those are the best crime movies. And um, yeah, no. So, so hopefully this movie can rise to that um, level. But... I am so excited. And the de-aging technology is just... Now, people are just using de-aging like it's nothing. Like it's an airbrushing. It's nothing anymore. Now, what used to be like, whoa, but it's now normal. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, 20 years longer, uh, De Niro looks, doesn't he? Yeah. And even Al Pacino doesn't look... Uh, he looks a lot older than this, yeah. really. But even they applied a bit of that. And they made him look a bit younger for that. But yeah, I can't wait for that one. Uh, so, but just it brings us back to what we were saying last week when we were watching the trailer of Gemini and they were going on about how, oh, we've replaced his face and they were making it sound like it was this new thing. You know, like it's been done and it's been done even better. Like, so yeah, anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. So, stupid question, Andy, are you yes. gonna see this one? <sighs> I'm not even gonna answer that. <laughs> Actually, no, the better question is because this film is gonna be released in the cinemas for one week. Yeah. That's obviously to get a nomination, nomination for, uh, con yeah. uh, contender for the Academy Awards. Uh -huh. The question is, are you going to see this one in the cinema yeah. or on Netflix? Hell yeah. Cinema and Netflix on my playlist to watch over and over again. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I think a Scorsese film has to be seen in the cinema. Yeah. Like, how many of how many more Scorsese films are we going to see before he... Because well, he yeah, is, he's, exactly. he's getting on now. He's getting, he's old. getting on now. How before he retires but, or... And what, and what an amazing world we live in is that you can go to the cinema, see this amazing film, and in a week or two weeks' time, you get to see it all over again at home. Whenever you want. Whenever you want. <laughs> amazing. For, well, not for free, but you pay, but you pay, it's you basically know. for free. Yeah. On your phone, on your tablet. Wherever you want. We're living in a golden age. So, yes, that is The Irishman. And there's no date yet, but it comes out sometime in the autumn. The next trailer we have is another horror trailer, <laughs> and that is Andy's laughing. He, he loves this trailer. I love it. I love it. This was a great trailer, and it is the new Lupita Nyong'o. Love this actress. New movie called Little Monsters, which is a zombie apocalypse <laughs> in a day park for it's kids. It's <laughs> be a zombie apocalypse, yeah, in a day park for kids, and they're trying to not scare the kids. And at the same time, somebody has lost his mind. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's a fresh take on the horror, on the zombie genre. Yeah. Uh, I think we have been getting that recently. There's been new takes on yeah. the zombie genre instead mm -hmm. of like The Walking Dead, which is just all the same. And we've seen it before. Yeah. Uh, I love the fact that the entire, it looks like the entire movie, the kids have no idea yeah. those are real zombies. <laughs> yeah. And Lupita's character is telling, oh, don't worry about that. This is a game. <laughs> and they have to survive a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's great. It looks action packed. It looks gory as well. Um, gory for comedic purposes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the jokes the, landed. They, they, they landed. All landed. All the jokes landed. And I think we're going to be 
in for plenty more yeah. in the actual movie as well. And the casting is amazing. Great. Josh Gad? Yeah. He looks yeah. great. He looks great. He it? was actually one of the funnier elements of this trailer. Yeah, I know, right? And the, the, the chemistry with Lupita is slow and she gave him a slap. This is going to be a great film. This is sort of like... Um, I don't know so many films to reference, but no, this is good. This is, you know, I told you I don't actually go see comedies in the cinema, but this is kind of one I will actually go see in the cinema. Yeah. It's one, fun. I, I'm so up for this. I, I, I didn't expect this either. I didn't expect, I just saw, what's this little monsters? And I was, and I was just laughing the whole way through. I couldn't believe it. And Lupita, she's a really hard worker. Yep. She's had a few movies out this year. Yep. Like it's, it's crazy how, and how, good she's in everything as well. yeah and the work she did with her accent oh yeah it's so yeah, good it's, but the yeah. thing is she changes her accent in every film she does and it's like sometimes i'm like what Where do you, you actually from? sound like <laughs> like what, what's your real voice <laughs> the next trailer we have is american dreamer and this is basically about a story about this guy who's an uber driver he's got no money he has to pay alimony to his kid things are going wrong and he gets caught up with it looks like some sort of drug dealer or arms dealer, something, some shady character. Mm -hmm. And he kidnaps his kid and to blackmail to get money. And it basically goes off from there. Mm. What did you think, Andy? Amazing story. Amazing story. It's interesting. It's an interesting story. I actually want to see how this plays out. That's like you always say, that's what a trailer should do. It should spark your interest but not spoil it, mm -hmm. you know? And that's exactly what this trailer has done. It's, it started off very slowly. You start feeling sorry for the guy. You hear the challenges. He can't see his son because he can't pay for child support. He's driving an Uber and people are being rude to him. You're rooting for him. You know, you're feeling sorry for him. He's the underdog. He's the underdog. Next thing you know, he's, he's, he wants to kidnap his girlfriend. It's it's only when he didn't see the girlfriend that was when he it's kidnapped the, the yeah this is all in the trailer we're not spoiling it and he then goes in and kidnaps the child he realizes the only one there is the kid is the kid and he still goes ahead and kidnaps the kid then to make matters worse the guy the gangster now calls him to be his Uber driver while he's investigating the crime <laughs> so I really want to see how this is going to work out what's going to happen in the end I think what's also interesting is the fact that this guy who's the Uber driver. He, he's on edge the entire time. He's not like, oh, I've stolen your kid, you know, all cool and calm. He, he thinks he's in control. He's losing it. He thinks he's, it looks like he thinks I'm going to get caught any second. Yeah. I think that seems more interesting. Uh, but I think we're in for a big twist at the big end. Big twist. He's, it, it, I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. It's just going to be a good film. And I'm really happy about these trailers you know um you know there was a lot of talk about has hollywood lost it why are we only getting remixes and sequels and pre reboots and prequels and all of that has hollywood lost it but when you look at all these trailers you, you got you have hope that there is still good stuff that can come out good films good concepts Okay, so the final trailer we have at the trailer park, and this one is our least favorite. This is the trailer for 1917. It is the new movie from Sam Mendes, uh, and it is basically a World War I movie. The trailer itself, for me, it felt like a copy of Dunkirk, uh, and not and nowhere near as good as, as Dunkirk as well. Mm -hmm. The whole, all right, Dunkirk was World War One. This is obviously World War Two. Dunkirk was World War Two. Yeah. This, and this is World War One. This is World War One. Okay, so mm -hmm. that's pretty much the only difference I find. You have a similar sort of setting of Costume. you need to get here in time to stop uh, our troops going into battle because it's a trap. That's the, that's the premise of the story. You guys need to get here to deliver a message before these people die. That's, yeah. that's, the, tr that's the basics of the plot. The cinematography, it looks good. I'll give it that, but at the same time, it feels like nothing I haven't really seen before. Uh, like I said, the trailer itself was, it felt like a Dunkirk trailer because it had the ticking and everything. The music was very similar. The way it was played out was very similar. So yeah, it just looks like, to me, a lesser Dunkirk. Yeah, it's literally, it looks, just, guys, listen, just picture Dunkirk plus Saving Private Ryan and just mash the other together. That's what this film is. The only, and they now put Benedict Cumberbatch to sort of give it 
to save I, it. To save it. Because you had you had some you had Colin Firth. Yeah. And Benedict. So the two biggest actors in yeah. those movies. You can't have an English film without Benedict, can you? And, or, and Colin Firth as yeah, well. He's exactly. in everything. Yeah, yeah. He, you can't. They seem to be the only Englishmen in Hollywood. So, you know. But um, I'm happy we put this one last. I'm not a big fan of... I'm not looking forward to this. It's, it's nothing to offer. Based on... Look at what it's competing with. We just spoke about the American Dreamer. Little Monsters. The Irishman. That's what... It's competing with. Then you just give us a remix of Dunkirk. It's sort of like this. Sort that's, of th- yeah, that's exa- it's a remix of Dunkirk. Yeah, that's what. It, that's a good way of saying it. Like they rented the equipment to shoot Dunkirk. Then they had an extra day, so they were like, yeah. So you know what? Let's just make a film. You know, then they just made a film. That's sort of like what it looks like. Not full too excited. Not even sure I'm going to see this in the cinema. I don't even think I'm going to see it in the cinema. No, I think I'll give this one a miss as well. Yeah, don't even. Sh- I'm not even sure I'll download it when it's on Sky. No, I'll think. I'll wait. I'll see what the critics say and everyone else, and then I'll make my decision from there. If I, if yeah, okay, well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But apart from that one, I think we've had a pretty good stay at the trailer park. Some really good trailers out there for some really promising films. Uh, before we head off, Andy, what was your favorite trailer? Ooh, good question. Um, let's see. Let me look at the list again. Mm. I think my fa- oh, God, it's hard to see. I, I've got mine. Oh. I've got. I'm. I'm gonna go and say the lighthouse. The lighthouse was yours. Yeah, I think it's my favorite trailer, and I think out of, oh. it, it's my f- most anticipated film out of those. I would say. Oh, but the little monsters was good though. Little monsters looks good. <laughs> yeah, for a different reason though. Yeah, completely different reason. But, but yeah. the Irishman do. I think those are my three favorites. Those, yeah. those are my top three. But the truth is, I think this is the best run of trailers we've ever um, had on the show in my opinion like apart from 1917 all these are we've had about two three oscar contenders on this show so it's really really good i'm happy about these and emmy awards as well exactly oh definitely emmys definitely um we are gonna put the links all of we're gonna as always always. so check down below for the links to all these trailers We're going to head into our next segment of the show and the final segment, and that's what's coming for you guys. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? What's coming this week, Andy? Well, I haven't haven't yet watched... I'm going to watch Luke Hobson Show and Lion King. I still need to catch up. I still need to catch up on those before I can go forward and watch anything new, unfortunately. Okay. Well, hopefully this week shouldn't be too challenging because you don't have to go to the cinema. Yes. First up is Preacher Season 4 and the final season. Andy, are you a fan of Preacher? Do you watch Preacher? Not yet. So this is the final season? Final season. Is it on Amazon Prime? It is on Amazon Prime. Is it a weekly or all at uh, once? It's weekly. Weekly. Okay. You know what? Why don't I wait till it's all over? Then I just watch everything from one till the end. From season one? Yeah. You haven't seen a single I haven't seen a single right. episode. Right. Okay. How many episodes per season? Um, 10, 13. Fair enough. I'll wait. I think that's the best thing to do. Yeah. This, uh, all right, I'll speak on this. This is a phenomenal show. I love this show. It's so, so, so good. Uh, I'll be interesting with your religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. I'll be really interested to see what you say coming out of this. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. I'll be really interested to see. I will let you know when I start watching it. I would definitely let you know. But yeah, this show is absolutely fabulous. Um, Dominic Cooper is Jesse Custer from the comics. Like that is he with bring his own sense of flair in it. Like since they first announced this show that this is coming to TV, I thought, how on earth are you going to do this? Because this is a it's a out there comic, really, very much like the boys. Okay. Uh, well, it is written by the same person, Garth Ennis, <laughs> so you can sort of see that. Uh, it's hard R. It involves God. It involves Jesus. It involves um, blasphemy, drugs, sex, rock and roll. All of the crazy ingredients that you think shouldn't be together, Mm. it works in this. Okay. It's outrageous. Like I said, it's ultra-violent. But the characters is what makes this whole thing. The trio of Jesse, Cassidy, the vampire, the Irish vampire, uh, and... You're spoiling Tul- it now. T- Tulip. No, no, no. That's it's it's like on the cover. And okay. things like. Those three, it's just a road trip. 
and it's throughout the states and it's amazing oh yeah it's it's so much fun um I'm not going to say anything there because you haven't seen it, but people who watch the show know what I'm on about. It's so much fun, and I can't wait for the fourth and final season. Nice. I will. I'll probably watch it midway into season four. Then I'll start watching it so that by the time I finish it, because now you've pumped it all up, I really want to actually start today. But I'll be patient till the end of August. Then I'll start so I can watch it midway. Then when I catch up, you I won't can, be able to stop. Yeah. Me. Yeah. So we can talk about the last couple of episodes together so that's what i'll do i'll wait till the end of august okay uh and the next thing we come have coming out this week is a film on netflix and that is woo assassins and if you remember on last week's show we reviewed the trailer that came out for it andy wasn't too sure i was like this looks a hell of a lot of fun people r running around with swords and katanas and ninjas and this looks crazy are you gonna give this a shot no no you're gonna miss this <laughs> I'm one i'm gonna out. miss it no I'm gonna go. I'm gonna watch it. Oh, yeah. Let I'm me gonna know. watch it. Just on a. Well. Let me know. You remember the reason I'm not watching because I is soap opera. If it's not, let me know. But, I will. Yeah. But I I think this is gonna be action packed. Okay. We'll it's see. It's got Catherine Winnick as well. I love Catherine. This is. Uh. Anyway, so yeah, Preacher season four, Woo Assassins coming for you this week. Preacher season four in the UK, you can watch on Amazon Prime. If you're in the US, you can watch it on AMC. And then Woo Assassins will be dropping on Netflix. And that's it. That is the news, the trailers, and what's coming for you guys. Uh, but until next week, we're going to be signing off now. Andy, where can the people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Unduaj, which is at N-D-U-A-J. And you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sweaty Jake. And find us, Film7 Podcast, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Until next week, guys, see you later.